You ready for Basecamp Fitness's best deal yet? Seven days for $7. That's right, seven days for $7. It's time to double down on your fitness goals and snag this offer before it's gone. Call or text Basecamp Fitness at 913-232-9770 or go to BasecampFitness.com to learn more. The Zone with Jason Anderson. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I get it, guys. Yeah, I got a long, stupid, sometimes fat face with a dumb nose. Yeah, I get it. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. His words, not ours. TV's own Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41 joining the zone now from Arizona. Jason Anderson's on his way to Phoenix right now. So Radio Row shows begin tomorrow, but I'm Joshua Briscoe with Beards McFly in here in studio right now. Mick, how's the desert treating you so far? What's up, fellas? It's great so far. Just needs to uh, get on down here. He's missed out on a lot already. The uh, the thing that I saw already out of Super Bowl media week that's frankly maybe bigger than the game is the uh, I was going to call it a walk and talk that you pulled off, but your feet weren't moving. Um, could you just take us behind the scenes as, as one of the world's great directors and producers of television? Is that how you pulled that one off? Well, listen, I had help from uh, my photographer here, photojournalist Matt Klein from uh, KSHB 41. We we landed at like 830 Mountain, which is like 930 Central, right? So Turn them really quick, so we didn't have time to get bags. Um, and while we're forty-one jacket, and we're like, it'd be funny to do on the walkway. So we did one where he was facing backward and shooting at me, but we were worried he, he was about to get to the carpet, right? And he couldn't see it. He was we going to trip, and there's going to be a horrible thing, and the camera was going to be broke, his neck was going to be broke. We saw the future there. Yeah. So once we got to the next walkway, Phoenix, by the way, is such a big city, huge airport, takes forever to get around uh, anywhere. And so a lot, a lot of those walkways. So he had me face backwards, which I think was uh, better cinematically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, really. Uh... Uh, the, uh, the the conversation that started for us last late last hour that, again, also a matchup I think you're probably really equipped to help us preview is who do you think would win in a fight between Slugger and Gritty? And then what happens if it's Slugger and Casey Wolf going up against Gritty oh, and the Philly Fanatic as a tag team? Slugger is cut. He, yeah. he would destroy both those guys. Okay. Slugger is destroyed. Those other two are really bottom-heavy. Uh, Slugger would dominate. And he's got the, the hair, which, as we know, that our Bible uh, provides more strength <laughs> even, and a pointy crown. If things get dirty, and look, they do in fights, but everything's legal. He's got that as a weapon as well. Yeah, the rare the rare lion with horns, I suppose, is uh, really excellent. All right, I, I support that logic. I'm glad to hear you uh, on the right side of history there. Although I wish your phone line was on a better side of history. Beard just mo- motioned it like, "Hey, maybe we call him back." Mick, stay right there for a second. You just you just stand there and smile at the camera. Beard's gonna call you back here in uh, in one quick second. Look, you. You fly across the country, you make some TV magic, sometimes you get there and your phone line's not perfect. I mean, you know, such is life. We'll uh, we'll get Mick back momentarily. I also need to tweet out that poll question, but that so far the results have been like, look, Slugger's got guns. Not literal, but figurative, and I think that that is a good point. I'm just worried that Gritty and the Fanatic are both like, they'll like drink your blood. You know what I mean? Like, I'm... There's some crazy in that fight that, that sort of concerns me. I do have a question here from Twitch really quickly. Please, yeah. Um, this might be, they say, it's something to ask the uh, media. Uh, does, does the Eagle mascot feel slighted by the attention the other Phillies mascots get? Yeah, that's a great question, Mick. What has your reporting shown so far? Is the Eagles mascot feeling slighted because the other crazier ones get more attention? 
That's a good sign. That's it. This is. These are all really good. Huh? Do you think? Do you think Mick can hear us right now? I'm trying to. Hey. All right. Good. Well, that seems like we're probably on the right track. Is this bad still on your side? We can just figure this out as we're here. You can text me your learn funniest best. Uh, it's a little. <laughs> he has free Wi-Fi throughout the entire downtown uh, for anybody. Um, <laughs> so I heard. I mean, I am in the desert, but it is a, uh, a civilized, developed part of the desert. Yeah, are you sure? There's not. There aren't just like camels walking around. I don't think camels are native to Arizona. I think that's a camelback. Camelback. Yeah, that's true. Camelback is. Well, we got so right now. This sounds like the, there's a phone line holding, so we'll just take it for as long as we can, and then we'll we'll set you free back out there on on Radio Row. Has there been anything so far that you have observed in the first legit, you know, first few hours? The Chiefs arriving out there and everything. Any uh, observations? As only uh, TV's Mick Schaefer on the ground can report back with. The arrival was great. The arrival was great yesterday. I always enjoy that, and I was telling everybody that hadn't been to a Super Bowl. The arrival is just a huge party. There's going to be a band. There's a DJ. There's a huge food spread. We had lobster one time in Miami or Tampa or whatever. And then we approached the arrival yesterday. It wasn't at the airport. It was at a Air Force base, an Air National Guard base next to the airport. And I was like, you know what? I don't. Maybe I don't think the Air National Guard's going to have dancing girls. Uh, they probably <laughs> are. And sure enough, they had chips and water for us, and that was it. <laughs> so it was a little little different scene than in years past, but it was still a great, great time. They take care of you there. It was cool talking to the uh, National Guardsmen. We interviewed a couple of them from Kansas City, big Chiefs fans, all that, and just and just seeing the teams arrive. And I guess my biggest observation was, you know, you had the Chiefs, well, you had the Eagles, first of all, in their, like, uh, somebody called it a squid game uh, outfit they were all wearing. <laughs> you know? And it reminded me of uh, the Chiefs. Going to the Super Bowl at the 2019 season, they're all wearing their Andy Reid Hawaiian shirts. But this yeah. time they were all wearing their own deal and were more businesslike. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe it's for them um, there is an edge, you know, in that like they realize what this trip's about. It's not about – look, they won that, that game in Miami, right? So mm-hmm. there's probably not one way or another better. But that was my take is that the Chiefs are kind of businesslike and the Eagles who can blame them, only what, eight of them have been to a Super Bowl before – you know, or treated that arrival like like uh, kind of maybe a bigger event than it needed to be. Yeah, I mean, is that something you're expecting to see as a theme now? I mean, for a lot of these guys, not not a ton of these chiefs. There are plenty of first timers and plenty of second timers, but for at least like the core leadership group or whatever in the locker room, this is Super Bowl number three. Is that going to be a theme you're looking for then? Just in terms of like we've been here before, we know what it takes to be locked in. Yeah, I mean, look, there's 22 I think that have Super Bowl experience. Hmm. That's huge in, in this day and age, in that sport, in that league, in the NFL. I mean, outside of the, uh, what, the, the Patriots basically every other year of the teens um, going to the Super Bowl, I don't, it's going to be hard to find teams that that much experience with all the turnover you have. So I think that's going to be a big factor. Um, and look, the, uh, Tampa was a weird Super Bowl. I think they got there Wednesday or Thursday. It was late, uh, maybe even later. I can't remember. Um, might have been the day before the game. And so, you know, these coaches, Andy Reid hates all this, right? <laughs> but but I mean, they want their schedule. They want their Mondays to be like every other Monday before that. Um, they're at least going to get a quote-unquote normal Super Bowl routine this time around. And it's something that Andy Reid and a lot of those guys know. 
I don't know if you uh, saw if you were busy traveling at the time, but have you been tempted at all to spend anywhere between $375 and $4,000 on eBay for sand from where Tom Brady announced his retirement? I've seen it. Um, I've not been tempted by it. Um, and anymore, I'm just not shocked that that's a thing <laughs> and that somebody's going to get, you know, get a lot of money for it. I mean, well, I could probably fake it. I could go out in the desert and get sand here and just kind of Photoshop the pic in front of where he was. And I probably would get some idiot uh, to pay me money. And I'd be totally fine with that. Is there a uh, is there a, a purchase? I don't even. It doesn't have to be sports specific, but some sort of memorabilia uh, purchase like that that you've made in your life. Not where you got just flatly scammed by someone lying on eBay, but just where you spent a little more for a weird uh, trinket than you probably should have. No, I don't think so. I'm cheap to begin with, and I'm like uh, you would think I'd be a sports memorabilia guy, mm-hmm. but I I'm only a few specific things. That I uh, that I keep and it's more it's less less buying it more experiencing yeah. so no I have like I have a piece of the net from the 2008 Final Four that's great which people don't believe it's real and so I could I could probably sell that at some point and some Jayhawk is gonna pay me thousands of dollars for it. so I got that in the chamber I guess how'd you fin- finagle your way to that that feels like something oh, you're not supposed to be store. allowed to do have I not have I not I told you well. Um, if we're on the floor, KU wins, and all you know, Bill's still holding court uh, on the floor, and so uh, Kansas City's a friendly market, right? And I'm I have my microphone up there. Well, one of the other reporters who's closer to him grabs it to hold it for me. I'm like, oh, it's great. So I can't hear what he's saying, so I'm just kind of wandering around <laughs> as he's doing an interview, and I notice there are three pieces of net still tied to the little, uh, little hooks around the rim, right? Yeah. Um, I'm like, that'd be really cool to have one of those. Because they already cut them all down and everything. So I uh, jump up, and uh, believe it or not, I did not, wasn't able to grab it. Yeah. I was able to touch it. I blame it on my loafers, right? Is that sure. huge? <laughs> um, and so, uh, and they're real tightly wound on there, too. And so I'm like, well, that's weird. And so, like, a, uh, a guy in a suit, like, I think he worked for the uh, Alamo Dome, came over. Younger kid, younger than me. And he was, um, he was really tall. And he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, I'm just, uh, just trying to get some of the, the net. I was going to give it to the team in the locker room, you know, just, you know. And uh, I was lying, lying to him. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh, I thought you were trying to get it for yourself. I'm like, no, no, what did I? Like, it would kind of be cool to, to keep a piece, right? I'm like, yes, it would. I'm lying to you. I would really like that. He's like, so would I. So he whistles. He's like 6'6". His buddy was also in, a, like, the same suit. I mean, I think he's worked for the – Stadium as well. He's like five foot six, and so the six foot six guy in a suit puts the five foot six guy in a suit on his shoulders. Wow! Remember, there's three pieces of net, and he gets up there and he unties all three, and we all three grab one and we we uh, we beeline it out uh, in our separate ways. Perfect. And I got a piece of the net. That's. Perfect. I'm, so that's exactly where I wanted that story to end, which is the three of you just sharing a moment and a life pact of saying, "Look, we." We all know this isn't what we're supposed to be doing right now, but all three of us yeah. would like to be able to have this story forever. And you just took the story and the net. That's beautiful. And, I, and it pays to it pays to lie. Yeah, and tell the truth because I, I, I did both. And I and the lie then the truth got it. See, but oh, then yeah. you got to all lie and tell the truth together. I mean, that's that's just yeah. three dudes being dudes. Well, and I've got I've got uh, I've got dirt from the field in Miami. Um, Oh, there's Mad Dog Russo. I just passed him. He's probably going to a radio row. Supposed to be supposed to be on with us this week. 
Yeah, should I yell at him? He'll yell back, probably, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just just yell the most outlandish thing you can about uh, old timey basketball. Quick, beards. Give Mick a uh, give Mick something you can say about uh, Havlicek. He was very good. <laughs> just yell Havlicek at Mad Dog Russo, and I bet he'll smile. Havlicek. He was so much better than Jordan and LeBron. <laughs> Uh, you you uh, accidentally got us to college basketball, and I don't know. Again, you've been like traveling in its Super Bowl mode and all of that, but we have not spent a second on any of the college ball today, which I thought might be just like an agreement that all the fan bases could come to, which is to say, hey, look, you don't talk about our loss, we won't talk about your loss, you don't talk about their loss, everybody's happy, but now you're here and nobody's happy. A- any of those losses do anything for you to move the needle, or is it just kind of the Big Twelve being the Big Twelve and Mizzou getting Mizzou a little? Um, I mean, look, um, K-State really had an opportunity, right, with 11-point mm-hmm. lead. I don't know what it eventually got up to uh, overall. A real opportunity to beat what, I don't know, probably the most skilled team or at least one of the most skilled teams and obviously the team leading the Big 12. At home, right, you have a, a missed opportunity. Uh, KU, I mean, um, they're in quote-unquote trouble. Not to, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, tournament or anything, but to not win the Big 12. I mean, and they, they have, what, two games left of Texas, um, and so those are going to be huge. But, I mean, just this KU team and its iteration of Jalen Wilson scoring a ton of points um, and Grady Dick not being dialed in like he was the first half of his freshman season um, and an undersized big that other teams, I don't know if they're going to figure him out, but, I mean, K.J. Adams, they're, they're, he's had a great season, right? But there's going to be limitations, uh, especially with some of the teams they play. Um, so that was um, – my takeaways there. What, what, who did Mizzou lose to? Uh, Mississippi State. Miss, yes, I was traveling. We were coming. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I don't know. I mean, Mississippi State seems to just own Mizzou. Uh, they, they just beat them. Um, on the road, too. Yeah, you know. It's on the road. And um, I know Ole Miss is bad. Mississippi State's better. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be fine. Those are my three takes. I think those are the appropriate three takes, and that lets us have talked about college basketball at least a little bit, and now we can do Learn Funniest Best. I don't remember what order this usually goes in because I'm never in charge of it, um, but here I am now. Beards, do you know who goes first? Mick, you might have actually. You've been doing this the longest out of the three usually of us. Usually Jason goes first. Um, well, then the, it would be you, then Mick, then me, and then it will rotate do you one. Want, do you want to just really mix it up this time, Beards, and you just go, you, we get Beards' Learn Funniest Best all three in a row back to back to back? Probably not. Nah. Uh, Beards, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned that in his tenure as a Brooklyn Net for all four years, Kyrie Irving never played 12 games in a row for them. He wears number 11. Wow. That's pretty good, Beards. Uh, Mick, what have you learned over the course of your uh, of your Super Bowl traveling weekend? I, I, I haven't checked it, but a, uh, a, a Phoenix native said this last night. You guys might have, might have said it because it's such a great stat. Whoever wins the Super Bowl... Um, on Sunday, we'll have as many wins as the Cardinals did in that stadium this year. Wow! Two! What? So both the Eagles and the Chiefs have won there. That is incredible. Right? Wow, what a great stat. Uh, okay, mine's not a stat, but mine is just something I legitimately learned this morning. Seeing that in MLB The Show 23, there's going to be a Negro Leagues storyline game mode that you can play through. And the first second that I saw it, I was like, okay, how are they going to navigate this? What's this going to look like? And then the first voice you hear in the trailer that they, they put out this morning, 
Bob Bleepin Kendrick. And and he walks no you way. through he walks you through the whole sort of three minute story of the Negro Leagues and then you're seeing guys like Buck O'Neill in a in an animated form to be able to actually, you know, play as in the game. My my very first thought was like, again, all right, how are we gonna do this? And then after I heard Bob talking about it and started seeing some of the cutscenes and stuff in there, it's it's gonna bring some of that some of that era of baseball alive in a way that it literally never has been before. So that that's what I learned this morning, and I uh, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, I forget I also have to flip to the next one. Let's just keep the same order going. There's nothing wrong with that. Beards, yeah. what was your funniest? Uh, my funniest was uh, in the four seasons with Kyrie Irving, the Nets had a higher winning percentage <laughs> every season when he did not play with the team. Good Lord. I'm sensing a theme from Beards' LFB, and it's LFG. Away from Kyrie Irving, uh, Mick. What was your funniest? Uh, my funniest. So we uh, we interviewed Nick Lowry last night. Kind of uh, he lives in Scottsdale. Chiefs all time leading scorer, right? Mm-hmm. And he watched Harrison Butker, um, you know, live out every kicker's dream, right? Sending his team to a Super Bowl with a kick. So that's going to be kind of the theme of the story. And um, he's a huge Harrison Butker fan. I didn't know his relationship with Lynn Elliott. I wasn't going to bring it up, but mm-hmm. I was thinking it the whole time and. Hey, he might love him. He might. They might be buddies. And said he got a raw deal. I don't know. But the very first question I asked of of Nick last night was uh, about Harrison Butker. And uh, sure enough, his very first part of his first answer was, "Man, you know, unlike 1995, isn't it nice to have somebody to rely on?" <laughs> so he just I mean, came out. Came out like it's swinging there. So that was. I thought it was pretty funny. He uh, he just kind of went there. Wow. It's good to know if you can just keep kind of figuring out where the Chiefs kicker beef and like where the Chiefs kicker allies are and just really kind of figure out where the allegiances may be. Who's who thinks he got a raw deal and who thinks that his name is a curse word. Um, that is brutal. Is that is that uh, coming on 41 sometime this week or was that? Uh, it is. It'll be on this afternoon on the, uh, oh gosh, the five and the six o'clock show. It's funny. Um, I didn't know he does a show with Sterling. Yes. Yes, I, I, uh, I apparently don't listen at that time of day, or maybe ever. Yeah, that's um, all right. And no one, listen. Nobody currently talking to you is going to try to guilt you into not listening to the night show. <laughs> we get it, uh, right? So, uh, so yeah, that was that was that was funny. Uh, my funniest, I just alluded to, but there's a real specific part of it that just makes me very happy. As I was scrolling through eBay, looking at all of the Tom Brady's exact retirement spot, bottled sand day of retirement. There's some price variance in some of those. There certainly is. Um, one of them reaches $75,000 or best offer with zero bids. Some of them have an authenticity guarantee that I would really be curious in testing. But there was one of them that said, Tom Brady, exact retirement spot, bottled sand, one of one, real, Tom kissed this sand. And there is a description in this one that says, read description, serious. It reads, guys, I actually live in Florida, all caps, and have family there. My account is based in another state, but I can get the actual sand. I'm not lying at all. eBay will authenticate it and will be proven to be from that beach in Tampa. Fast shipping as well. I have the sand. I picked some up while in Florida this weekend, just ready to ship. Fast shipping. Now, this is my funniest because this guy lives in Florida, and his family's in Florida, and he was in Florida for the weekend. (laughs) And he's in a different state, but he's in Florida, and he's not lying at all. And all that sand can be yours for the low, low price of like ten grand on uh, on eBay. 
He sounds like a real straight shooter. It really seems to me like this guy is not lying, comma, at all. Not I, at all. Not lying, comma, at all. Uh, Mick, what was your, or no, sorry, Beards, what was your best Kyrie Irving thing of the weekend? Uh, it's this quote from New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who was asked if he would trade Kyrie. Uh, he said, quote, I will find the team that beats us the most and send him to that team because then we'd start beating that team. Uh, I have a news, though, for the mayor. Uh, the Boston Celtics already had that experience. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Eric Adams also does not know ball. We have plenty of evidence of that, I think. Mick, what was your best? Uh, my best from the weekend um, was we got to have In-N-Out Burger, our first meal. Mm. And uh, that was, it was good. We got uh, we asked we asked them, because they're wearing the In-N-Out Burger kind of like trucker caps. Like, uh, can we get one yes. of your hats? Do you sell those hats? And they came back, and they actually gave us a, one of those paper little chef's hats. And we're like, well, we were talking about that hat. But, <laughs> and, oh, online you can buy the In-N-Out hat. So the next morning on my live shot, I was wearing uh, yes. uh, shades. And uh, a uh, In-N-Out chef's hat uh, on live television. So, I mean, I don't know how that's not everybody's best. You you break the barriers of acceptable television yeah. on a on a daily, if not weekly, basis. And man, it's just uh, it's beautiful to watch. Can I get a quick power ranking of regional uh, burger chains for you? Like you're gonna go your you In-N-Out, your In-N-Out, Shake Shack, um, whatever your whatever makes your list. Yeah, I'd love a power ranking yeah. from you. Here's the deal. I mean, like. I hate because it's, I mean, it's a big chain. I mean, like, uh, Five Guys is awesome. Yeah. That might be my number one. Um, and then um, Shake Shack and then Whataburger or, and then In-N-Out or just put them in any other order. I'm fine with it. Or, I mean, Sonic or, I mean, Winstead's, whatever. I just, I'll eat any burger. I'm fine with it. I don't want It's a touchy subject. I don't want to get in trouble online. I posted it and half the people responded, oh, my God, so overrated. Are you kidding me? Put that in my mouth. It was like, oh my gosh, every other burger pales in comparison. I'm, like, I'm, just, I'm just tweeting out a picture of it. I mean, we don't have to have like a just big debate or we get professionally offended on on, on burgers. Um, so yeah, whatever you want my list to be, I'll, it'll be. I respect you for going five guys at the top because you're right. We have it here, so we're spoiled. Good. But it's right next to the station. Yeah. yeah, it is. I had to, Beards and I both. I think eventually had to make the rule that we could not go there for dinner before almost entirely sports at night because there was there's just sort of a concrete kind of issue that happens. It puts you in a food coma. Yeah, where it's just, it's delicious, but then it turns your insides into just one sort of block of carbohydrates and beef, and uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, here's the thing. Burgers are good, guys. I love a place where there's really no option for, like, small or medium fries. We're giving you a gym bag full of fries That's okay? You're going to take it. You either get a backpack of fries or a duffel bag. take all these fries. We have the actual potatoes in bags sitting out there. You can look on them. We just have so many fries, you're going to take all these fries. Speaking of that, and uh, there is a burger place that I grew up by over in the Northwinds, LC's Hamburgers. There is, yep. a, there is a small fry, and then there is the extra large fry. And that is <laughs> their only thing. And yep. the, I get the yep. extra large every time. It's fantastic. This is free publicity because I've eaten there for basically 30 years. It's great. Hey, LC's, let's make it not free publicity. Go let's get there. Let's get beards paid. Why don't we start shelling oh. out beards? 
Um, my best is that I finally played a video game that I've been trying to play for, I've been told to play for years called What Remains of Edith Finch. Have I talked to you about this yet, Beards? No. Was that a game you played? No. Nick, was that a game you played? Didn't think so. Um, no. it's, it's Good excellent. Break. It's like a two hour little trip. There's kind of a visual novel element to it, but there is really interesting gameplay kind of in each chapter while telling a really kind of at times harrowing tale, but it's got something to say with it. It's really fascinating. It's an excellent game. It's been out for a very long time, but I played it on Steam Deck, and it's uh, I, I, if it's available on Switch and stuff, I think it should be again. It's like a couple hours on the playthrough. The story is stupendous, and the uh, the way they make you play the game in different ways from sort of chapter to chapter is, is really excellent. So that would have been a shot clock review, but uh, I think we're going to be pretty busy around this time uh, in uh, on Wednesday and frankly for the remainder of, of Radio Row Week. So that was my that was my best. We did it. We did an LFB. Mick's phone worked out. We got to hear about uh, the greatest establishing stop shot in TV history. I'm just hoping you'll go ahead and tweet out the in and out hat shot as well, Mick, um, because this is this is the matchup that I care most about this week is you versus Arizona. Well, I love it. It's going to be a tight matchup. It's going to be a field goal game. <laughs> it's going to come down to the three. Thank you, Mick. We'll uh, imagine we'll hear from you, and Jason will see you down there pretty soon. Yep, we'll do. It. We'll see you guys. Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41, TV's Mick Schaefer, and uh, a man just changing the form, truly. Moving backwards, wearing silly hats, being in the desert. Remember when he shoved a guy in Tampa? That was awesome. Put Mick, put Mick on Radio Row. Actually, it'd be nice to get Mick touring around other stations. Like, hey, we've got sports director from KSHB 41 in Kansas City. Just let just let Mick loose on Radio Row. Can we make that happen? Can we facilitate that somehow? Say, so, hey, Mick, instead of spending that hour with us, will you just go promote, go specifically promote the zone around the country? Say, so, you know, Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41 and ESPN's the zone. doing like some live shot thing and then just Mick runs in on yeah. the set. Hey, go watch the zone. It's just it's Mick. On their YouTube and Twitch page. It's, and it just runs off. It's just Mick wearing the Brady brand underwear. And that's the whole idea. We'll take a break. Joshua Briscoe and Beards McFly here with you in the zone. Jason, as I just referred to, Jason's out today because he's on his way to the desert to get ready for Super Bowl 57. Radio Row will start tomorrow morning, and uh, we're going to be there for all of it. Plus, tonight, a big media night out there. I guess I could have asked Mick about that, but we got talking about burgers, and it's past lunchtime. I want a burger. I also want a burger. Beards, you want to go see if Curtis or Seren or Adam want to... Just hop in these last 30 minutes and you're not going to go get a bite to eat. That works for me. All right, let's check. The Zone with Jason Anderson. So Ian has commented on the Almost Entirely Sports Facebook page. Um, Mm -hmm. Didn't take beers for a two-sport athlete. Well, Ian, (laughs) I was was a three-sport athlete. I did cross-country for Yes, Yes, and then what happened, Beards? I got hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Really appreciate Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41 for making some time for us while getting ready for Super Bowl week in Arizona. Mick Schaefer's appearances on The Zone are brought to you by our friends at Atomic Cowboys Sports Saloon. God, I love this place. We keep talking about food, and I just want more. Oh, this is the food I want the most. Home of the two-story biscuit sandwiches from Denver Biscuit Company all morning. Delicious. New York-style hand-tossed pizza all afternoon and evening from Fat Sully's. Unbelievable. Pizza and biscuits. Both sound amazing. And 20 beers on tap all the time. 
I've tried most of the menu. I don't think I've made it all the way through the beer menu, but I've tried a ton of the menu. You can get it right now and experience it today at 42nd and Pennsylvania in Westport. They've been on Food Network, Diner Drivings and Dives, Man vs. Food. We've, we, I did a, a remote from out there a while back. If you were listening during that show, you already know exactly how I feel about Atomic Cowboy. I just remember having to look, oh. because you were like on video out of that remote as yeah, well. I sure was. And, and I, I just, just had to look up here at the TV every once in a while and just see you in the little corner of the box mm-hmm. and just munching on some biscuit. And it was like, it looks, it looks tasty. I want some. It is. It's unreal. I listen, everybody. There are a lot of great ways you can do food. There are lots of delicious... I love food. This is going to shock a lot of people. Cooking and eating are like high on my list of hobbies that I enjoy. I enjoy a culinary experience very much. I've never... I've never experienced anything quite like Atomic Cowboy anywhere else. No exaggeration necessary. Not just the combination of everything, but the specifics of like how outrageous and also delicious the food is it's shockingly good so atomic cowboy sports saloon food network dino drive and dives man versus food try it for yourself today at 42nd in pennsylvania in westport and uh i not only do i have to say like oh you won't regret it i look forward to you tweet me pictures at jb briscoe tweet me pictures of what you get at atomic cowboy and then tell me how much you loved it because there's a zero risk Debate going on there. You're going to love it. Pizza that I had there was incredible. Everything from Denver Biscuit Company, absolutely unreal. So I appreciate them for being on board with us. And again, appreciate Mick for joining us from Arizona as he's staying busy out there during during this week. There are a handful of things. We, we got through a pretty good number of the like very serious sort of matchup previews that I wanted to do today uh, and make sure we kind of got through the, the groundwork of what this game might look like. Um, Beards, can we, do we still, uh, we got time here to play a, a couple of minutes from Shield Kapadia on the, uh, the Ringer NFL show? Yeah, I guess so. We can, right? Uh, Shield talking a little bit about the Eagles pass rush versus Patrick Mahomes. And look, I mean, he even admits later on in the podcast, I was listening this morning, that, uh, this isn't the most, uh, shocking key to a game ever, but I think it puts into context. So you've been talking all day today about how good this Eagles pass rush has been, led the NFL in sacks. Can the Chiefs' offensive line win that battle at least enough to give Patrick Mahomes a chance? Here's Shil Kapati talking about the Eagles' pass rush versus Mahomes. This, to me, mm-hmm. is the game. You look at the Eagles all season long, they've sacked opponents on 11.5% of their pass plays, the highest mark for any defense in the last 20 years. In the NFL, this pass rush has been historically good. And what's amazing about it is if you look at their numbers when they don't blitz, when they rush four or fewer, the sack rate actually goes up, which is you know kind of unheard of, 11.8%. So we know they're not going to blitz a lot. This ski, you know, and, and some of those sacks that we've seen on film, are they coverage sacks? Absolutely. But you know what? Their film is littered with reps of Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave winning their one-on-one battles. And I think that's what this game comes down to. I don't think you're going to confuse Mahomes. I don't think Mahomes is going to look up and say, oh, I wasn't expecting that coverage. Oh, I didn't think that guy was going to drop there. No, I think he's seen it all. Uh, I don't trust the Eagles to win that kind of chess match. I think they need to win up front. They need to win quickly. They need to win in high leverage situations. And most important of all, they need to finish because you know who is the hardest quarterback to finish sacks on In the NFL. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's not Josh Allen. It's not Jalen Hurts. 
It's Patrick Mahomes. I think maybe his most underrated trait is his awareness. I mean, you look at him even last week against the Bengals. He's getting pressured, but those are not resulting in negative plays. He was sacked at the third lowest rate of any starting quarterback this season. And and one stat I, I looked up that I like, Pro Football Focus keeps his uh, pressure to sack rate, which means exactly. I was just looking yeah. it up to make sure I knew the number and yeah. you didn't say it. Yeah, it means exactly uh, what you think it means. How often does a pressure turn into a sack? For Patrick Mahomes, that number is just 10.5%, easily the lowest for any starting quarterback in the NFL. So just pressuring him, you know, coaches, players, sometimes you hear him say, nah, sacks are overrated. You just got to move the quarterback off his spot. No, 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 not against this guy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. You move him (laughs) off the spot. Guess what he does? He climbs the pocket. He gets sandwiched and he throws a dart to Marquez Valdez Scantling in the middle of the end zone for a touchdown. He does that consistently. So I think this game will come down to the Eagles pass rush and their ability to finish against Patrick Mahomes. Because I like their matchups at uh, on the outside at tackle against Andrew Wiley against Orlando Brown. Not saying those guys are bad players, but you give me Reddick, Graham, and Sweat against those players for an entire game. I think they're going to win their fair share of matchups. The question is, will those wins result in negative plays? That dismount to me is the boiled down version of it. You can help Andrew Wiley, you can help Orlando Brown, you can hope they win some of their own one-on-ones, you can have Jarek McKinnon getting a lot of work in pass pro. He can help with all that. But ultimately, you're, you're not expecting a perfect game from any of your tackles. You're not expecting a perfect game of pass protection. So the question is, what happens when the Eagles win those matchups? You hope that doesn't happen all that much, but what happens when the Eagles win those? I'd appreciate it if they don't. It would be better for them just to say, we're, we're going to go ahead and just drop 11. That would be, I'd tell you what, it would be different. No, it's like, it's like the old Pro Bowl. We're, we're, no, yeah. We're going to kind of try. We're going to, hey, look at us standing here, putting our hands on the other side of the trenches. And then Trey Smith just pancakes three guys in a row. <laughs> Trey Smith just like puts Isaiah Pacheco on his shoulders and just runs down the field, just sort of uh, snatching bodies. But so, penalty, illegal formation. That's probably true. That's probably a penalty of some sort. All right, he met a, he, he's Isaiah Pacheco is directly behind Trey Smith. You narc. But so what happens when Patrick Mahomes escapes the pocket, or what happens when he's flushed out, or what happens when something weird happens? I'm going back to this stat from right after the AFC Championship game because it blew my mind. You, you may or may not remember that Patrick Mahomes against the Jacksonville Jaguars suffered an ankle injury that he then was dealing with getting ready for the AFC Championship game. He's had two more weeks since then now between the end of the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. High ankle sprain. Generally a pretty noteworthy injury. The next-gen stats stat line here from the AFC Championship game with two weeks less to heal on that ankle compared to what we'll see in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes completed every pass he threw from outside the tackle box, six for six. Every pass he threw while on the run, eight or more miles per hour, six for six. And he completed every pass he threw when holding on to the football for longer than four seconds. 
Six for six. 18 for 18 in those three categories combined. And his completion percent over uh, over expected on those categories, all of them are outrageous. 31%, 20%, 23%. Meaning that he was completing passes that weren't supposed to be completed. And that was with like a banged up, hobbled Mahomes, right? At least in theory. And I mean, look, we definitely saw his ankle affect him in that game. But I kind of think we just might not notice it as much this week. Like there, there, maybe there's a, a rep or two. But he was moving a lot more nimbly in that game than even as a bit of an optimist I felt like I was expecting. I, I was ready for there to be a couple instances of it cutting him short. But then he was able to run for it when it really mattered. So if the Eagles flush Mahomes out... Again, outside the box, on the run. Or, if they don't get there very quickly, maybe they don't rush as many and the Chiefs hold their own. In any and all of those circumstances, advantage offense. When outside the box, when on the run, when left to hold on to the ball in the pocket, or just drop back further than you'd expect. Those are all things that play in Mahomes' favor. And that's just not true for very many quarterbacks. So to see if the Eagles can get their quick pressure and finish it once it arrives, it's going to be absolutely vital for them. And if you're the Chiefs, hey, give Mahomes a second. And if you're Patrick Mahomes, a chance you have to be the Super Bowl MVP again and to put an exclamation point on your 2022-23 season is to take some of those moments, turn them into Super Bowl magic moments, legacy moments. And we obviously know Patrick Mahomes is completely comfortable with that. I think it's a fascinating way to look at it uh, in terms of what the Eagles have to get done and how the Chiefs might be able to counter. But we'll talk a little bit maybe about something else around the Super Bowl or maybe we'll find a different way to to go ahead and finish out this edition of The Zone on the other side of our break. It's me, Joshua Briscoe, and Beards McFly. Jason Anderson's on his way to Arizona. We'll have Radio Row Zone starting tomorrow. But in the meantime, a little more Zone before we hand it over to the program next. The Zone with Jason Anderson. All right, if you come back tomorrow, the show will be better, I promise. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. A fitting liner to start off the last segment of the show here. It's the zone. It's Monday, but it's Joshua Briscoe and Beards McFly. What? What happened to Jason? Jason will be back tomorrow because he's on the way to Radio Row. What was that face for, Beards? You might have had a joke. That's my added face. Maybe I can make you make a face. We've been saving this all show. And look, hey, real quick, everybody, we've got everything from today's show. As always, we'll be up on the podcast page shortly after the show's done. So if you miss anything, you can check out the Zone's podcast feed in the 810WHP mobile app, 810WHP.com. In addition to watching the show live on all our various video feeds, you can always do that. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get all the hours you want. We've done a lot of Chiefs talk today. Good stuff with Kent Swanson, uh, Field Yates, and Mick Schaefer. And Burger Talk. And some Burger Talk. And I do have a poll question up right now. Who wins a 2v2 street fight? Slugger and KC Wolf. Gritty and the Fanatic. Right now, 52% of votes are in 
on behalf of the KC duo. Most of the people in the responses, though, have been going to the Philly side. We can come back to that in a second. But Beards, how excited are you for the Boston Celtics to trade Jalen Brown Ah. for Kevin Durant? I'm a Suns fan. Beards is a Celtics fan. Kyrie Irving is a Maverick now. Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let's go ahead. Let's, sorry, let me go into that one again. Ke- uh, Kyrie Irving is a Maverick now. <laughs> <laughs> and his first choice was the Lakers, but uh, Josiah, the Nets owner, said, no, we're not sending you there. We're going to send you to Dallas instead. And apparently the Suns were in the conversation, which is a fact I choose to ignore because they didn't make it happen. They were getting used for leverage or something, maybe. I don't know. They Did they offer uh, Chris Paul? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Sounds like they did. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> We've dodged that bullet. We dodged the Kyrie bullet as our your team's already been there and I yep. did not want my team to go. We're good. We're fine. The difference though is that I would be okay if my team wanted to acquire Kevin Durant. I think that could be good for them. Why do you hate good players, Beards? I like good players. Good players are very good. We have them already. <laughs> you don't want to trade Jalen Brown for uh Kyrie? Mm. Or for for Durant, sorry. Oh, definitely not for Kyrie. Definitely not for no, Kyrie. That was we're easy. We're good on that one. Um we had this kind of discussion like in the summer mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. with um, before the first time the first time the Kevin Durant requested the a trade. Yeah, um, why mess with what's already good? And like Durant's had injury stuff in the past mm-hmm. where he's not playing every game every year, and seems kind of moody wherever he goes to a little bit. And like Celtics are good; they're really good. They might be the best team in the league. We don't need Kevin Durant. We're fine. And look, the Suns are about to get Devin Booker back. I mean, we're coming back around, but this team makes me sad more often than not. And they still have Jay Crowder. So that's, there's our difference. Our difference is your team is mostly making you happy this year. My team is mostly making me sad this year. Every time the, Cel- the Celtics beat the Nets by like 40 or beat them in the playoffs, somebody requests a trade from the Nets. That's true. It's that's great. how it works. That's absolutely how it works. Uh, but the moral of the story is this, and the one place where you and I can be on the same team for once is that we are on team doesn't have to root for Kyrie Irving. Yep. Or, frankly, doesn't have to cease rooting for a team in spite of Kyrie Irving. I think my favorite part about all of that whole thing is everybody has been clamoring for Dallas to get another guy. Yeah, I know. To, to, for, you know, to take the, the weight off of off Luka. Luka. Yeah, sure. And then they get Kyrie Irving, and everybody goes, well, hang on, not like this. Not like this. <laughs> not like this, we Mark. That. Mark, what are you doing? How is this your solution? Also, like, are they going to give him a contract in the summer? Great question, man. Great question. We traded. Hey, Luca, we traded all this capital and like your favorite teammate Dorian Finney-Smith for Kyrie Irving. Oh, we're not going to sign him in this offseason. Let's man, see how that goes. Look, Luca is always destined to wear purple and orange. He's going to go. He's going to join the super team. Luca joins Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in Phoenix. This is the <laughs> path because he's going to because Kyrie's going to burn down Dallas. Here are the mentions right now. So again, on Twitter, uh, at JB Briscoe, who wins in a 2v2 street fight, Slugger and Casey Wolf or Gritty and the Fanatic? Our own Sterling Holmes says, you think Gritty's fighting fair? I'd say old Slugger was terrifying with the teeth, which would give Casey an advantage. Brad Porter says, the most on-brand Briscoe poll question ever. I'm not sure I understand that one. Gritty reminds me of one of those big barrel-looking guys you could hit with a bat and they'd say, ow, and then proceed to pummel you. Slugger and Casey Wolf have too much honor. I think this is my favorite. Gritty would wipe the floor clean 1v3 against the others, then steal Mrs. Met's phone number from Slugger's phone. Now that brings a lot of questions about the nature of Slugger and Mrs. Met's relationship. I'm not sure. 
This poll is full of horror of homers. Grady is capable of unspeakable horrors. And the fanatic tried to fight Tommy Lasorda. Look, man, Philly's different. We got a whole week though to work up to it. Jason's back tomorrow. It's the zone on Sports Radio 810. Bye, Mom.